Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. The support that came through for last week's episode, our 100th episode, was overwhelming and it felt right and beautiful and very, very exciting. And today's episode I am extremely excited about. I'm just going to jump right in because I think me and Tiffany talked for quite some time. Today on the podcast, I have entrepreneur Tiffany Paul. She is also the podcast host of Break the Matrix podcast, which I will leave a link in the show notes. I was on her podcast twice. We met via podcasting and she has become a good friend of mine in the last couple months. We, uh, started this ritual where we meet for a fancy brunch and do a manifestation um, meetup where we talk about our Q1, our Q2, our Q3, wherever we're at, and we dream big. I think that, you know, as I started my entrepreneurial path, um, not a lot of my friends were on this journey. And so I felt as if I needed to find women that I could really connect to on a business level and on a dreaming big level. And When Tiffany came into my life, it was very clear that she would allow me to do both, to relate on an entrepreneurial level and to definitely dream big. It is one of my favorite fucking things about Tiffany is that when we talk, we take our dreams and then we multiply them by 10. And it doesn't matter if they come true. It doesn't matter if we actually set them into motion. It's just a matter of sitting there and knowing that there is more available for this life of ours. And there's not that many people that you can share that kind of energy with. There's not that many people that you can sit and share your craziest, most expansive, wild dreams and have them look at you like, yeah, those are fucking expansive and 
they're totally in your reach in this lifetime. She literally helps me believe that anything is possible. And I hope that I do the same for her. So I wanted her to come onto this podcast, one, because she's had me on on hers, which is how we met. And we had the most incredible conversations. So I will link those episodes in the show notes as well if you want to go listen to me on her podcast. Um, But for this episode specifically, we start the conversation as friends talking, checking in. It was a Mercury and retrograde day. Everything was going wrong. We had to reschedule the podcast, finally got on together. And so I feel like the first five minutes is debriefing of like, hi, we made it. Um, But the initial, I suppose, inspiration and purpose of this episode is because Tiffany released or was featured on a TED Talk talking about start with what, not your why. And when I watched her TED Talk, which again, I will also link in the show notes, I it, it hit me like a ton of bricks because I feel as if I started Scouts Agency with my what and not my why. And I felt a little bit of shame around the fact that my agency wasn't infused with this insane purposeful why. But over time, the why really, really showed itself to me. Obviously, you know what that why is today. I run Scouts Agency and get women as guests on podcasts because I believe in spreading female stories and I believe in amplifying female entrepreneurs. But in the beginning, it started with, what do I like to do? I like to book guests on my podcast and I like to book me as a guest on other podcasts. And I'm good at that tangible skill, that tangible action step, etc. And so that's kind of where I started. I didn't start with, I want to empower female entrepreneurs and get their message out there. I started with, I'm good at this. I want to do this. And I want to work with women. I started with the what. And Tiffany really gave me permission after I watched her TED Talk to know that the what, if you want to make the why a long-term situation, has to be aligned. So we go all over the place in this episode. We talk talk about a lot of other things, but this was kind of the concept where I texted her and I said, we got to do a whole episode around this. So you can expect us talking about that amongst many, many other things as since she is a good friend of mine, parts of this episode really lend itself to just two women talking about business together. So I hope you enjoy Tiffany Paul. And if you like this episode, go check out her podcast, Break the Matrix podcast. Okay. Enjoy. We made it. We're here. That's not your kitchen. (laughs) We're here. I don't have a long charger, so the next outlet is near the couch. So it's been a journey to get to the point where you and I get to sit in an intimate container and talk about female entrepreneurship and everything in the middle of a Mercury in retrograde, which by the way, I never am in tune with Mercury in retrograde, but today... I'm going to fucking call it that. Yeah, I agree. I think this one has been really intense. And I had this feeling all day that there was going to be something that was going to go wrong. And I was like, that's not happening. Like we're manifesting this into reality. I need this conversation for my soul today. So it's happening. And here we are. So thank God. You're drinking wine or kombucha? No, kombucha. Okay. It's three o'clock. I was like, fuck. <laughs> You really took this hard. Yeah. Backstory, everybody. I was in the office today at my Scouts Agency office and they started cutting down trees and then putting them through the shredder right outside my office. And so 
it was way too loud to record a podcast, but I only had like 10 minutes to get home. So I was late to the podcast. I ran home and then my Zoom wasn't working. And by the time we kind of got it to work, we didn't have enough time to record. I can't find my long charger. Oh, and then guess what, Tiffany? My team told me, Heather told me that as I left, obviously they stopped. I was actually thinking the same thing. I was like, I bet you they're going to stop. But I'm telling you, the whole day I was like tuning in. And backstory for me, my husband was diagnosed with COVID five days ago. So I've been home with the kids for five days, like isolating, like we're all negative. I almost like text you so many times that like, I have to push this. And I just, you were like the only thing I kept on the calendar. Cause I was like, no, it's going to happen. <laughs> there just might be some hiccups, but here we are. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be good. I'm so happy to see you, my love. Your face always brings me such joy, such comfort. I was thinking the other day, you know, I don't have very many new friends in my life. I've always kind of had the same friends my whole life since I went to a really small school where the community was really tight knit and we kind of just grew up together. And as I've evolved and changed the way I communicate within relationships, I feel as if has evolved and changed. And yet sometimes with relationships that have been around forever, that change doesn't happen instantaneously. But you were the first friend that came into my life where I felt as if I could have super honest communication with you, like right off the bat, things that I would just like never say to other people. And so I just want to acknowledge you because you always hold me in in a container where you push me, but you also tell me the truth of either how I'm acting or how I'm seeing things or that my shadow's out or whatever it is. And so I just want to say thank you before we super, super dive in. Oh, I received that. That's my theme of the year working on receiving because we're both hustlers and like givers and pushers. So I received that fully. I feel like I'm just mirroring back like who you are. And so I feel like you are the same we are so similar and different in our own ways. And I think the most interesting friends are the ones that like get you, but also are like different. So you can provide like the other layer to the perspective or conversation. And so, oh my gosh, I feel the same. And I literally, when I was reflecting on 2021, I was like so grateful I met you because it's just new friends are fucking hard to actually make. And we just like, you know, like you said, we just click. And when you can open up and go deep with someone like I'm not one for chit chat it's like hi what's your life story what's your biggest challenge like what's your big dream let's go and how can I support you yeah and it's so evident with all the interactions I've had with you and if anyone's wondering me and Tiffany met because of podcasting mm-hmm. right I was on your po- I've asked you so many times like how do we meet I was on your podcast break the matrix about a year ago and then you have the slept life and we just kind of became friends, digital internet friends. And then I invited you to my book lunch and then I was back on your podcast and then we had manifestation meetings and it kind of just catapulted from there. Yeah. I think that when you find women who have big dreams, but also support one another, you just, you hold on to them. And in a world where I think it's so easy to compare and feel competitive that's just like an energy that I'm not interested in. And so when I was saying earlier about like, you're just mirroring back what I see in you is that sometimes you can be like all day long, I'm not competitive. And, you know, we're all in this together. But if the other person's not like on that, it doesn't fucking matter. You know what I mean? Like you can't go deep, you can't dive into all the things because then you start like comparing or feeling insecure or you, or you feel like you're making somebody else uncomfortable or you're feeling too intense and you have described yourself as like hard I think I'm the same way just like I'm direct I'm gonna go there and like say it like it is I'm like no bullshit and I just 
think in a world where everybody's so fucking fake and afraid to speak the truth and you know i think we'll talk about it more today but even just fucking afraid to make the moves to be happy it can be challenging to build authentic connection because so many people are not even living in their authentic truth you said something about women who dream big and i want to talk about this because i think that it is difficult at times to find people that you not only jive with as far as your interests, but also your goals and the fact that, you know, you and I do have incredibly intense, huge dreams and we get to share those dreams together. And never once are we like, is that too big or is that too crazy? Oh, okay. Hi, Luna. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the show. Welcome this little glamorous poof ball. Yeah, her butt is huge. My dog's butt, it's like out of, out of control. But anyways, can you talk a little bit about what dreaming big means to you? Because I found that, I know it's a conversation that you've had a lot, but I also feel as if in the container of friendship and in the container of women supporting women in entrepreneurship, sometimes, how do I put it, that we put constraints on our dreams, but I feel as if when you and I talk, it's like the sky's the fucking limit. Like nothing's too absurd or crazy for us to pull off. And when we talk about them, it doesn't even matter if we don't do them or if we don't hit them. We're just so free to imagine them almost. Can you talk about what dreaming big means to you? I feel like it really comes down to just this ownership around creating whatever life you dream of. And to me, I just know so deeply in my soul that I'm not here to live an ordinary life. Like I want to live an extraordinary life. I'm not here to be mainstream. I'm here to be me. And like just being fucking honest, look around like at the world. How many people are living like the same fucking life over and over again? How many people are living ordinary lives? How many people are just surviving and not thriving? And I know it's a fucking pandemic. I know there's fucking real shit in the world. I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying we're not looking at a period of time. We're looking at like our overarching lives. I just think that when it comes to dreaming big, it's really about like living your life to the fullest. And we get only one chance to live this life as Tiffany and Scout, I believe in reincarnation. But go fucking big. Like I didn't come here to just go to fucking work every day, bitch about my job, sit on the couch and go to bed. Like I came here to rediscover who I am, to redefine who I am as often and as frequently as I desire. I'm here to do what I what makes me happy, what I love to connect, to laugh, to travel, to try new things. And I just think you don't see enough of that in the world. And so I think at its core, like that's what it's really about. And so when we talk about dreaming big, it's because so many people don't have the audacity to even live anything but the ordinary. And so it may feel big to us, but it's just fucking a beautiful life that I feel like you and I are talking about. It has nothing to do with like being successful or money. It's about fucking living life. Yeah, I feel as if once you expand past a status quo or once you expand and do something that you didn't either A, think you could do or was not along the traditional plan path that others had for you, you, one, have to move through a ridiculous amount of fear in the beginning and a ridiculous amount of uncertainty and having faith and you learn a lot about yourself emotionally. But once you get the taste and once you try on something that isn't expected of you, but you did it because you wanted to, because you had a gut intuition or a dream, or you didn't listen to your rational self and you just went for it. You get kind of 
it's like there's no turning back. It's very similar to your podcast, Break the Matrix. Like you've broken the matrix and you can't unsee what you've just seen. That being said, since this is the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, what are some of the biggest emotional challenges that you are either facing today or have faced along the path of being committed to living a really big, expansive, dream-filled life? I think the biggest thing is just the constant up and down. It's not any one emotion anymore. It's just constantly being inspired and activated and on fire and then being anxious and worried and stressed. And and I mentioned comparison earlier. It's not like I never compare. That's not what I'm saying. It's like I don't exist in that energy. I move past it. So it's not any one emotion. It's just constantly as you strive towards bigger dreams for that next level version of you. For me, the past two years have actually been a lot more about like inner work than the external success. I've achieved a lot. I've already done a lot. I've built two businesses. I'm on my third now. I've, you know, I have podcasts and two kids under two, you know, while doing all this and 10 years of Procter Gamble, the largest consumer goods company in the world, married for 10 years, like I've fucking done a lot. (laughs) And so to me, it's like, okay, so what does it look like to succeed on the inside? How can I come back to alignment over and over again, while also reaching for that next goal and, and dream and desire? And so I feel like it's just stretching yourself outside of your comfort zone again and again and again, and then coming back to yourself again and again and again, because when you leave your comfort zone, you kind of lose your balance. And so I think for me, it's just not one emotion. It's just riding the wave. Yes. And I say this all the time. I mean, one, when you talk, there's so many similarities just in the way we talk about the things that we talk about and in our messaging, but that up and down was why initially I jumped into entrepreneurship because it matched my bipolar disorder of up and down. So it felt familiar, even though I was placing myself outside of my comfort zone to grow. And something that I love reiterating over and over and over and over again until I'm blue in the face and I, I'm sorry if I am, you know, driving this a little bit too home, but living your purpose and your dream and your passion is just riding an up and down wave. It is getting so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. that you have a panic attack and you freak out and you're stressed. And then it's being on top of the world and being in flow and fulfillment. And yet it's seeing those up and downs as learnings or growth challenges, universal assignments, whatever you want to say it. So for me, like living a big expansive life is taking ownership of the ups and downs, being willing to play in each of them and throughout the entire spectrum and seeing the underlying messaging and challenges that come from each one taking them, learning from them, and then growing as a person. And for me, a lot of that vehicle is entrepreneurship. It's been the most transformative container that I've had in my life. Probably, I always wonder, is like, has my marriage taught me more? Has entrepreneurship taught me more? But I feel like my marriage, like... Entrepreneurship. (laughs) Yeah, entrepreneurship probably did. My marriage, like, pushed me to do it. And then entrepreneurship, I was like, whoa, this is a lot. Because you can cycle up and down pretty quickly. So... Well, I think the difference, and the reason I offered that perspective is because I think entrepreneurship, it's like you against you versus in a marriage, it's like you striving to grow as a couple. And I think that you're doing it together versus entrepreneurship. You're often doing it alone. You can have like the best support system and a coach and all of that, but I think it's you against you. So I think for me, like it's been the biggest journey. Yeah. I said to my husband yesterday and count this as healthy or not healthy. You, you, and all of you can be the judge, but I was having some emotional relationship issues, not with my husband, but with some loved ones in my inner circle. 
And it was really hitting a wound and an inner child wound was getting triggered over and over again. And just a bunch of things were all happening in my personal life. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said, this is why I like my business because it's just me. Like I get to choose. I get to wake up and decide, am I going to launch a mastermind today? Am I going to launch a new freebie? Am I going to put a bonus podcast episode out? Am I going to try to find an ideal client? Am I going to tell my team we have new revenue goals? Like it's just such a beautiful safe space, even though it's such a safe space with me, it is the most fucking tumultuous space ever. But it just feels as if in a world where we have no control or in a world where we are hitting up against other energies, obviously that happens in business. But as the owner, there's just something so special about you having the creative ability to dream so big and clock in and say, let's fucking build it together. There's nothing like it. Yeah, no, for sure. And you like hit on the thing I was going to, I was thinking as you were saying it is control. So this is all I'm going to go here because it's actually what I've been working through in January is letting go of control because that's why we love our businesses so much because it's where we can exercise control in a world that feels out of control. And sure, like business doesn't always go that way, but is somebody who's also spiritual like that's also we connect to like these spiritual principles and like surrender in order to surrender we need to let go of control and so at the same time you need to have control of your business and strategy and tactics and show up every day and so what is like the fine line january for me was like a really like everything that was supposed to go did not go and it was like the universe just gave me one final test to be like you fucking love control like let your fucking hands off the wheel and open up. And so I also have noticed that we not only have these relationships in our marriages, we all have these relationships for cultivating with our businesses. And I never really considered it before. It's just like, I love business. Business loves me. <laughs> it's the happiest relationship ever. But when you start looking into it deeper, you're like, hmm, like my control tendencies are there. Or like there was a period of time where I was like trying to prove myself when I left my corporate job. I was like, I didn't even realize it, you know, but I'm like, why? when you start playing those negative emotions, like why am I putting so much pressure on myself? It's like, well, because I'm relying on this business to show me that I am enough, that, you know, a relationship, my parents you know, never made me feel enough that. I did the corporate job thing. Well, now if I'm going to leave that, this needs to be successful or I'm not, you know, enough. And I know you mentioned like you are, you can't relate to that, but I've like since moved past that, but like, I'm just constantly coming back to like, how can I have the most healthy relationship with my business? Because we love to work so much because it is our creative outlet. But I think there's this fine line of like the control piece that sometimes is unhealthy. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. Control. I mean, I have realized is definitely one of my weaknesses in the sense that it's very difficult for me to give up control in certain areas of my life. I think that as an entrepreneur, since we have control over our schedules or how fast our projects get done or the timelines or what we're launching and what everything looks like, it can be difficult in other areas of our life or even when your business grows and you get team members and it's not just you, there are things that are out of your control. And so like, for example, when I bought this house and our offer was accepted, but you don't close till you close. And I was not running the shots. Like I had to wait for escrow. I had to wait for this. It was so uncomfortable for me. And I know that in those moments of limbo where I don't know if something's coming to fruition or not, but it's not because 
I can do anything or not to sway that. I just have to wait on someone else's confirmation or whatever it is. I go fucking crazy. It's like an energetic drain like no other. I hate waiting on other people, which is also what I'm working through because I'm like, I do, the, I do, that's why I like business. I'm like, yep. let me just get this shit done. But when you have to rely on other people, it's like all related, right? It's like the biggest energetic suck is when I have to wait on somebody or wait on something that's out of my control. Yeah. I hate it. But that's also like the next level of leadership because as you grow a team, mm -hmm. as you grow, you know, I just hired a new account manager. I think we're at six. Our team is like full time of six. There are things that have to be done on their timeline and there are things that have to be done according to their energy levels, et cetera. And that is part I am learning to take my hands off the wheel because when you delegate, oh man, does thing do things completely explode in many, many ways. I really want to talk about, and this is kind of a pivot, but it's in the entrepreneurship world because you had a tech talk and you talked about the most amazing concept that I really resonated with. Can you give a summary of what the point and the main message of that TED talk was? Because I think it's really going to help people who are listening to us and say, I want to dream big. I want to start a business. And then they get stuck with the first steps. Yeah, absolutely. So the talk was called Start With What, Not Why. And it's because we are constantly given the advice in the entrepreneurial space to start with why. And if you look at even the origins of that advice, it is given by Simon Sinek to inspire action in others. And it's not even about like creating a happy, fulfilled life or creating a successful business. Like the whole TED talk is how to inspire like customers to purchase from you, how to inspire employees to, you know, go along with you. And somehow, somewhere along the way, people were just starting with why for everything, including starting a business. And as an entrepreneur, we have all these really deep whys to feel freedom, to be your own boss, to have financial success, to provide for our families. And we end up overlooking what we're doing in exchange for why we're doing it. And so we see a lot of people in these jobs or building these businesses they don't enjoy because they're like, well, my why is to create a movement. My why is to create an impact in the world. My why is to create you know, financial freedom to be my own boss. But then every day they're showing up to work and they don't enjoy what they do. And so that never sat right with me. For me, it has been so much more powerful to start with what, as in what do I desire? Like, what do I like? And also what am I good at? Because sometimes what you're good at is going to be a better path to making money than just what you love. But looking at all of that and starting with what you want and then moving on to how you want to bring it to life, whether that's as a job, as an employee, as a business owner, what kind of business model do you want? And then using why as like your North Star as to keep you going. So I'll give you an example for me, what I love and what I'm gifted at and what I enjoy is building brands, creating products. And so how I brought that to life originally was first, I created this product called the sleeper scarf, which was a two in one scarf and neck pillow. And it was just like a side hustle I had. And so that's what I did. And but I didn't enjoy just the travel space. And so I was like, well, this isn't really making me happy. This isn't going to make me fulfilled. Sure. Maybe the why I could have been financially free and my own boss, but it was like, I didn't like what I was doing. I didn't like the travel space. So then I shifted over to sleep. And then I created a curated marketplace of all my favorite things for sleep. And so it wasn't just like one product. It was an industry I felt so strongly about because so many people are sleep deprived and whether you're a corporate employee, an entrepreneur or a mom. And still I was like, mm, I don't love showing up to work every day. Do I love what I built? Yes. 
But if you really look at what I like, it's the creating a brand, it's creating new products, it's innovating and designing. And so finally I've shifted over and walked away from that business, even though it's been doing well, we just got into Saks Fifth Avenue, we've been in Vogue, but it, it wasn't making me happy. And my why is freedom. And so if I don't feel free and my business is making me feel constricted, I don't give a fuck. So finally I'm consulting with other people to create their own brands because I love doing it. And I can innovate day after day after day. And so I just think there's too many people sacrificing what they do every day in pursuit of a why. And I think it's bullshit. And it's time that we start with what and then move into how and why last. Okay. So when I listened to that, I felt such permission because I too, when I started Scott's agency, felt the pressure of the why. And I actually put so much judgment on myself, Tiffany, that I didn't think a why of, well, I just want to be mentally healthy and this is the way that my mental health is at its best is when I'm creating my own future by design and that's through entrepreneurship. I didn't feel as if that was a good enough why to build a whole business on. That is my why every single day I wake up and do what I do. So I forced, and I want to be very mindful about the way I say this, the what was first with Scouts Agency. I was good at podcasting. I enjoyed the space. I was good at booking guests and I was good at getting me as a guest on other podcasts. And I thought that I'd be good at doing it for other people. The what was a hundred percent first. This why of supporting other female voices, amplifying women, creating conversations around things that matter, champion, all of that stuff, which is my why today because I followed the what I didn't feel that connected to that why for a very long time because the what was exciting me more than this perceived I needed a why. And then as I continued to do the what because it felt good to me to wake up and do those tasks, all of a sudden I saw the impact and the ripple effect of what my what was doing to the world. And that was that I was creating an insane, insane ripple effect of conversations being had by women that I championed and loved and admired and respected and that we were facilitating those conversations and that when those conversations have on a podcast, hundreds of thousands to millions of people hear it. And then I think of all those people who are being changed by these women because I believe in our clients and then the why really integrated and I was like, oh shit, this is a great fucking why and I'm I'm sold. But in the beginning, mm-mm. I was like, this is my why. But I was like, nah, I just really like the what. <laughs> Absolutely. I just think people are spinning their wheels and they're not understanding why. Because they're starting with why when they should be starting with what they enjoy. You know how long you will sit and brainstorm if you're like, my why is financial freedom. My why is to feel good. There's a bil- bazillion things that you could fucking do to feel freedom and feel good. Like start with just what you actually enjoy and what you're good at. And just naturally your why will lead the, lead the way just like it has for you. And that you'll be creating such a, better, a bigger impact because when you're doing what you love, you're going to be on fire. You're going to be magnetic. You're going to be so easy to do work with. You're just going to be so much more attractive to other people, to money, to the world. And when you look around and people are exhausted and burnt out and like not liking what they're doing every day, but they're in pursuit of some noble why, it's like, does it really fucking matter if you're making a movement, if you're fucking miserable? It's your life. And when did it become okay to sacrifice your life in exchange for like somebody else's life? 
I know it sounds horrible, but I think that we're moving in the direction of taking care of the self in pursuit of the whole. Because when you take care of yourself, when you do what you love, you are naturally going to, like you said, ripple out, create businesses that are creating a positive impact, create marriages, friendships, and create a better impact on the world. So it's not like you're discounting it. It's just that you're starting with the actual fucking best part, which is you. Yeah. And that's not to say that you can't be successful that other way. Like you can be successful. You'll be unhappy, but you could be on paper successful. You could be (laughs) on paper making an impact. This is why I love you because you're like, you'll you'll be unhappy. You'll be unhappy, but like you can make all this impact. You will just, Tiffany and I will guarantee it, make more impact, more money, more change. Yeah. We've tried it the other way. It only gets you so far. We're case studies. And like, even in my TED talk, I talked about you know, they talk about everyone's like starts with why it's like even Facebook, you know, their why is to, you know, connect global leaders. And it was no, it started as a hot or not site Mm. that Mark Zuckerberg created because he was good at coding. He liked it and he liked girls. So he fucking created a website. It was what he was good at, what he enjoyed. That's what created Facebook. Not some fucking why, like looking at like Apple, like they wanted to like innovate and like create new products. It wasn't like, we're here to disrupt the status quo. What should we do? No, you create, you like creating designs and technology like interested you. So that's where they started. I don't know why it's gotten so lost along the way that why is somehow the answer. Why is certainly a part of it, but it's the North Star, not the starting point. A hundred percent. And can't you tell, like if you start with the what, the how, which is what I did, the how becomes so strong because you are naturally doing what you're supposed to doing. And so then you see this ripple effect and the actual impact. And then your why just comes to you as a side effect of what you're doing. How many brands, Tiffany, have you seen and they're like, I'm sorry if this is your business, but I, it's just coming to mind. If they're like, my business, <laughs> they're like, the why is that we we want to create organic, holistic, and eco-friendly lifestyle changes for women, and we want to empower women to be more eco-friendly and organic with their bodies, and change legislation and and change the industry and it's this whole thing and then they make fucking tampons oh yeah for sure that's and i'm like wait a minute you started with the why and now we've reduced this incredible movement to like there's too much of a gap here people right you need to like and if that's your business you need to stop and say do i fucking want to make tampons like if you don't want to fucking make tampons then Maybe you should reconsider how you make an eco- economical or eco-friendly like impact on the world that you actually desire and show up to in the world. And I use that a similar example in my TED talk about toilet paper, yes. where Procter and Gamble's why was to improve the lives of customers now and for generations to come. And you're like, fuck yeah, I want to improve lives. And there was like my like one of my first positions was like selling toilet paper, like Charmin, like cool and improving lives. Do I want to sell toilet paper? At the time, I didn't fucking care. I was like, give me a company car and a good salary and move me to LA. I will happily sell toilet paper. But at the end of the day, like that grew old, right? I don't want to fucking sell those products. I don't give a shit. And I do want to improve people's lives. But on my terms, like through my podcast, through building brands, through innovating and creating products myself, like that is what actually brings me joy. And I refuse to live a life where I show up each and every day fucking miserable in pursuit of some why. That's, I'm just not available for that. And I think more people need to fucking put a stake in the ground and say, like, I'm not available for that either. And that may mean making hard decisions and, you know, taking the leap and into the unknown, but talking about emotions 
getting comfortable with the unknown is I think the best tool. I think that the, actually the universe is trying to teach us all right now. That when you get comfortable with the unknown, but you are grounding yourself in what you enjoy, what you love, what you're good at, like you will find your way. Let's talk about the unknown a little bit. So I'm in the middle. I'm almost Into done. Into the unknown. <laughs> Isn't that a frozen I think. I don't know. No. And you're, you're the mom with the kids. How do you not know the Frozen song? Yeah, I don't know. Do you watch Frozen? Who fucking knows? We're on to, we're on to Encanto now in Luca. Oh yeah. I'm not there yet. I don't have kids, but I, I try to keep up, try to keep up with the Disney stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're behind. You're behind. It's Encanto. We don't talk about Broom. No, no, no. Somebody's going to get that. So okay. It got it. I'm on the Moana <laughs> train right now. So yeah, you're really behind. Well, I mean, I've been on the Moana train, but like, did I listen to Moana <laughs> on the way to work two days ago? Yes, I did. And do you see yourself in Moana? Cause I for sure watched that over and over again. I was like, why am I looking at the ocean and I desire yeah. to be? It was like my... Wait, Moana is all about the unknown. That one song. I know. It's, that's what it is. Yes. Because when I was in my corporate job, that was from the time where I was watching Moana with my infant being like, yes. Oh, that's... Entrepreneurship is the ocean. Yes. So, okay. Dr. Joe Dispenza says that if you stay in your job, your life will be predictable. Like nothing can change if you do the same thing over and over and over again, the only thing that will change your life, the only way to change your life is to step into the unknown. The only way Moana could change her life is was to go into the ocean. The only way you could change your life was to quit your corporate job, take a huge risk, change all the fancy corporate benefits and change your life. So if someone's listening and they're like, okay, I know my what, how do I jump into the ocean? How do I take the leap to the unknown? What advice would you give them? Well, first, I want to just call out that Moana first went out there and crashed her boat and got her foot stuck in coral. Yeah, she did. And I want to, that is what's going to happen. So just not to manifest that, but I think sometimes in the world of manifestation, we're like, oh my God, no, not me. Like most entrepreneurs don't leave their job being like, I'm going to be the one in three businesses that fail. You know, you don't focus on the negative because if you're, take, you're brave enough to take that leap, Sure, you're calculating risk, but you're not focusing on it. But I think that if you're surprised when your foot gets stuck in coral and you get crashed and thrown all around in the waves, like that actually hurts more than just being ready for like the wave. So I guess first and foremost, just expect the unexpected. But I also think that if you're talking about like leaving a corporate job, is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah, taking either if it's a corporate job or you're still in the corporate job or you're in a cool job, like maybe you're working at a boutique just a pivot. The Let's pivot. call it a you pivot. Because were... I think this is a time of transition for so yeah. many. Like my husband, we were talking about that. Like he's like reconsidering his career. And, you know, it's really a time where so many people are really going inward and, and trying to figure out what's next. I think the best advice I would give is to experiment and play before you make any major moves. Because this is the thing about your what is that sometimes what you think is going to make you happy is actually not going to make you happy. When I first took that leap into corporate America, I was still working on my travel business. And I was like, this is the dream, right? We, you know, talk so much like being your own boss is like the dream. But I was like so lonely. I did. I was like over the travel space. I didn't like the business model. And I was like, this is not what I want to do. So I actually, that was my first business I took the leap for. And then I began ideating what is the next move. And then that's when I got moved into sleep. And so I think just give yourself permission to change your mind. Like when you take the leap, you don't have to be like, oh my God, I left my corporate job or I used my retirement or I have this credit card savings. I have to stay here. Like we're not trapped. And so this may be like a triggering thing I'm going to say, but this is what 
I really feel like the energy of the planet is going through is like, it's like this enslavement. And so people are so like trapped and the best word I can think of is slave, but like trap. And is that offensive to say slave? No, because it's, but I think we are slave to money. This is what I'm getting at. It's like, we're slave to money. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So we feel like we have to stick with these things and do these things. Cause people say like societal conditioning and money. It's like, we are just literally not taking our own power back and saying like, I actually can change my mind. I actually can pivot. I actually, this didn't work out. I can move on. I can downsize my life. I can reinvent myself completely. And I think that, just giving yourself permission to just fucking take ownership of your life. You talk about this, like the radical ownership of the good and the bad. And just because you took the leap and it wasn't what you desired doesn't mean you can't go back. It's not a permanent move. It's not start one business, start another. Start, I'm on my third. Who's, I lost count. I lost count of how many I'm on. Exactly. Exactly. First of all, if you are feeling trapped or enslaved by a societal framework that you believe you have to follow, you have to understand that that societal framework was man-made. And if it is man-made, that means it can be man undone and yes. it can be man choose again, woman choose again. You can choose again. Yes. You do not have to follow the money beliefs of your parents, the money beliefs of your fucking financial advisor for that point. Do you know how many money decisions I have made that on oh, yeah. paper are not rational at all? My dad would have literally had a heart attack if he saw it. Like truly, because Same. the old institution of work Same. and money and the way we structure our lives is crumbling. And I think that as female entrepreneurs, we are leading that movement. We're leading that space where I was talking to my director of clients at Scott's agency, Heather, I said, you know, and this is a complete overgeneralization, so please take it for what it is, that men are still stuck in jobs that are so, and some women are as well, but a lot of men are really still stuck in jobs that are restrictive and toxic because they historically, all of their ancestors have been building this work culture for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. And decades. Us as women are newer to the game and being able to have a business and being able to have financial freedom. You know, it hasn't been that long that women could open a fucking bank account without their husband. You know what I'm saying? So we jumped in as a revolution for our gender. And so we, from the get-go, have been transforming the way business has been. Can I stop you and actually interject? Because I actually feel that so many women are not doing mm. what you're speaking about. And that's why I feel so passionate about our work because yeah, I don't care if it sounds egotistical, like I speak my truth. We are, you and I are leading the way to what it looks like mm. to live in aligned in flow, like have an entrepreneurial experience that feels good. When I first got into this space, every entrepreneur I looked to was like burnt out, working 80 hours. And there's that old saying like, you know, why would you leave a you know, 40 hour yeah. to like, work 80 hours for like less pay. <laughs> like I get that's a reality if you choose it to be, if that's the type of business you want to have. And entrepreneurship has been so glamorized and people think it has to be this big splashy thing where you like raise all this money and la la la. It doesn't have to be that. It can be a beautiful small business. It can be a beautiful multiple six figure year business. It can be in flow. And I actually don't think there are enough entrepreneurs that are really reinventing the way we go to work. I think a lot of people leave those environments to just recreate the same thing. And I just, I think it's time that somebody needs to do something different. Like corporate America is not entrepreneurs are just recreating it. This is good. And so I actually am going to challenge it that 
I think that that's why I'm so attracted to you is because we're building aligned businesses. We're equally taking care of ourselves as we are our businesses. And we're also not neglecting our families. That is the way of the future. And I think that there's actually very few entrepreneurs like that. Wow. Incredible insight especially from someone who is most definitely in an, and I'm very blessed. I'm in a echo chamber of women who are like us. Exactly. That's the thing is that I had this insight before we clicked record today. We think that there's like this big change, but we're so we like surround ourselves with the handful of women that are looking to do things differently. But if you look at the vast majority, I mean, even you know, I'm not going to like name names, but there are just some very well-known entrepreneurs that I'm just like, you are just tired. Like, go take a fucking nap, slow down. And it's like the pandemic has wreaked havoc on working mothers, for example. And like, I'm a working mother, so I get it. And it's still like, there, where's the change? Like, no one's leading the change. No one's like, how about four-day work weeks? How about, they're like, you can work from home. It's like, there's no fucking change. And that's why I'm so passionate about being a fucking thought leader and thinking differently. Because if you actually look at the state of the world, like, what's actually changed in the state of work, which is not working. Wow. Oh my God, there's so much going on. So as someone who never worked a corporate job, never worked a real job, have worked jobs where, you know, there was a level of unhealthy boundaries, you know, some might say, you know, I've seen toxic behaviors in the workplace, but I've never really worked any sort of a normal job out of like retail or gelato scooping, et cetera. So for me, it's, it's different, but my bipolar would not let me work jobs like those because I knew it didn't work for me. And so I became an entrepreneur to do it my way. And I think that it is a little bit of an ironic thing that one would become the boss just to be the fucked up boss that they had, right? And like just to do it the exact same way. So when I started my businesses, when I started businesses, et cetera, I always inherently knew I'm starting this because I don't want that. I had heard stories. I had seen small glimpses. And I was like, that's not going to work for me. Like, I literally can't even show up for the internship because I get so depressed. So how could I create a business where that's not it for me, but that's it for my team? I can't do that. It has to be like what's in a line for me in my business has to trickle down to my team. And so I think very, very mindfully about what that means. What that means for me is I like flexibility. I don't like, do I have to tell my boss that I got to go get my oil changed at 2 p.m. on a Tuesday? I don't like that shit. I don't want to even know. Just go fucking do it, right? Like, or, oh, your, Mm -hmm. your cousin's in town? Great. Have a long lunch or leave at three. I don't care, you know? So there's a lot that I'm so consciously trying to do while also having that healthy dose of masculinity of accountability and things needing to be done and whatever it is. But yeah, I'm actively at all times very conscious and aware that I get to build a different type of work environment for my team. Yeah. And I think it is all unfolding and it's going to look different for everybody. But I think setting the intention, you can take some of the old structure, but even in the TED talk, I talked about how empowering your employees through letting them do more what they love. And so of course, in any business, there are administrative tasks and we have to start somewhere. So we're not going to like love every part of our job, but how can you empower your employees? Or if you are an employee, ask for something at work that you actually genuinely like to do. That's the only way I even lasted 10 years in corporate America. Cause I continually went back to them and said, Hey, I'm interested in this. Can I do that? Can I do that? And that allowed me to keep a paycheck so I could build a business so I could take the paid maternity leave and, you know, take my time before I took the leap and simply disempowering your employees to do more of what they love, whether that be on their off hours, like a flexible work schedule or 
like on their on hours through what they spend their day doing, I think right there would be like a huge shift in the way that we live our lives. And that's why I'm so passionate about like you know, starting with what period, because we just all need to get back to what we love. I really feel deeply in my soul that humanity, we are like birthing a new reality. And the reality is that of what we love and what we enjoy and living a life that is full. And like we're like pregnant with the idea right now. And we all know we want it and it's like alive, but we're still like creating an external world. What are you in love with right now? You. (laughs) I feel like connections honestly are just filling me up. I've really taken the pressure off my business to be like my everything, right? Because I love business so much and it was always like my, besides my family, of course, but that was like my hobby. That was my passion and it still is, but I just am. I'm enjoying my podcast. I'm enjoying beautiful conversations like this. I'm enjoying new connections. I'm allowing myself to play and fall in love with like different aspects of my life to have a more like robust life. That's so beautiful. It is not the season that I'm in. That's for sure. And I, I had to, I've been in your season though. Yeah, I know. But that's, but that's also something that as entrepreneurs, I think we need to I think even as just human beings, we really have to acknowledge seasons and being okay with whatever season you're in. Like I was telling my coach that I just feel like a shitty person because I'm not currently prioritizing social life so much because it's not really filling me up the way it used to, like going to dinner all the time and being in groups. Like it's just not for some reason. And Mm -hmm. I was making myself wrong. And she was like, Scout, this is your fucking life. Like it's your life. Like you do not need to have a social life that looks like the person down the street or the girl on Instagram. You get to say, hey, right now I want to take it slow and just prioritize my business and my husband. Or I want like right now I'm in this simplifying mode where to be honest, like after dinner, I want to be done work at five and I want to have dinner done by 530 and I want to be on my couch at 530 eating and right. I want to spend the evening alone. But as entrepreneurs and as human beings, I don't think we give ourselves, I think we judge the way we want our seasons to look. Yeah, I think it always comes back to self. And so it's like, what do you fucking want to do? Like, it's as simple as that. And we have literally created the most like superficial, hurried, stressed out life here on planet earth like look at nature like look at literally the earth we are inhibiting which is just this beautiful natural free-flowing in sync like beautiful artifact and then here we are created this like psycho life on top of it and then we wonder why things feel out of fucking whack is because we are not in tune with the fucking realities of the energy of life. Like the energy of life is not hurried and frantic. The energy of life is slow and methodical and there are seasons and your season may be a couple months of inwardness and maybe a couple years. I think a lot of people are going through spiritual awakenings right now and a lot of introspection. So your slower season might look like all of 2022. Like for us hustlers, that that's painful. <laughs> like I hated that time. Yeah, I mean, 2021 was my sprint yeah 2022 is slower for me but since I planted those crazy seeds last year um they are reaping and growing and a lot more uh strategic than how I was flinging my energy at the wall last year for sure yeah and we talk about this too is that if you're feeling on fire like go for it like I will wake up in the middle of the night and 
work yeah. for hours. Like, and I'm in flow. I will literally lose track of time. It is my greatest joy. So this is not saying like, oh, you can't hustle to like be in touch with the universe and the earth. It's to like move slowly. It's just to honor the season you're at. Like if your season is fast and inspired and you're building something, you're going to probably move faster. And then when you've built it, you can sit back and receive and allow and rest. And so it's, there's no right or wrong way it's again coming back to self and what your body and your mind and your soul and your emotions are telling you speaking of the emotional entrepreneur podcast it's like go to your emotions they'll fucking tell you what season yeah. you're in if you're feeling anxious and stressed out it's probably a sign to slow down and, and maybe make some changes and do more of what you love yeah and have the audacity to listen mm-hmm. to your emotions and what they're telling you and to not make that wrong in any sort of way tiffany yeah I love you dearly. Every time I talk to you, it's just in flow. It's expansive. You are very good at also reeling me in at times and making me, you know, understand that I get to be in different seasons at different times. So I appreciate that so much because I can get carried away in the hustle for sure. So can you let everybody know where to find you, what your podcast is about? Because it's incredible. You interview some fucking badass women on there um I'll throw my hat in the you know the mix I'm in on there a couple times I think at this point so tell everyone where they can find you yes so the podcast is break the matrix wake up to your dream life and it's all about pushing back against the status quo reimagining your dream life and really just challenging the conversations that are out there if there's anything that I can fucking like go at I I like to go at at it or bring a guest on that can go at it because I think that this group think the conformity that exists in this world is like one of the most toxic traits that we as a society have going on for ourselves. And so you can find me there on Instagram. I am Tiffany Paul. And then my product development agency, which we primarily work with influencers and celebrities to manifest their dream products into reality. That's breakthematrixagency.com. And then my sleptlife.com is my sleep shop. Beautiful. You have the best eye masks. I wear them every single time I take a nap. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. And everyone, you know where to find me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. I will catch you next episode. I hope this episode has landed with you in the perfect timing that you need it. I hope that it gives you the courage to chase after your dreams and purpose. If you are so willing, I would be honored if you would text this episode to a friend if you would rate the podcast five stars and write a review and follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Over there, you can find links to sign up for my newsletter, which is also in the show notes, and get involved in all of my offerings from Scout's agency to OKSIS podcast to this podcast. If you're looking for a deeper dive of my work, you can find my debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur on Amazon. I am so appreciative you are here and I will see you on the next episode.